Gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 189 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 28th of 2018. Today, I am going over the top 10 older games that were published before 2017 that I had played for the first time in 2017. The list that I created here are games that have fallen, some of them a little older, some of them within the past couple of years. But the list is in no particular order, but these are games that I played for the first time in 2017, and they really stood out to me as classics and ones that I pretty much want to add most of these, if not all of them, to my collection. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are on episode 189 for this show. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there. Guild number 2440 is our number. Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us there at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. On Twitch, you can subscribe to our channel there, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump into a list of games that I put together. This is going to be a top 10 list of older games that were new to me and that I had played for the first time in 2017. Some of these games are a couple of years old. Some of them are much older than a couple of years old. Uh, so, but these are games that were not released in 2017. These, this list is in no particular order. I just kind of sat down, was looking through the games I played throughout the year, and I kind of had to I kind of had to look back through all of my podcasts that I had done to try to compile this list. Uh this year I have tried to make it a little goal of mine to use BG Stats, a little app that I have on my Android phone that had come out last year. It had been out previously on Apple phones. It was released, I believe, last year on Android. I bought, I purchased it immediately, and I've actually been using it for quite a few different things. Uh, I'm trying to track all my gameplays. I figured let's try to do a one by a hundred gameplay of different games throughout the year, which hopefully, considering I do this podcast, I will be playing a hundred different games to have something to kind of talk about. And I did play uh, some new games this past week. We're going to save those until next week to actually discuss. I kind of wanted to get this top 10 list out before the end of January. I was kind of hoping to have it done before then wasn't able to get it completed and kind of recorded by then. So I figure, what the hell, it is right before the end of the month. Let's try to just get this out the door. Just go with this 10 list. So let's jump into some top 10 older games that were new to me and that I had played for the first time in 2017. One of the first games on my list is definitely a classic. It is a Stefan Feld, probably one of my more favorite Stefan Feld games. And I think he, he, he may have made the list a couple of times here, but I really enjoy this, the castle of the castles of Burgundy. This is actually currently number 11 from what it looks like ranked overall on board game geek. It is a two to four player game. It was released in 2011, so it, it is a few years old. You're going to be rolling dice, trying to collect resources, gaining victory points at the end of the game. You're going for some set collection. There's some tile placement in there. I've talked about I've talked about all of these games on the podcast before, so I'm not going to sit there and go through a big roll rehash or go through a lot of different things about the game. I'm kind of going to go through this top ten list. You know, you can pretty much go check out these games either on Board Game Geek or find them on the website just by searching for them, and you can listen to the podcast that I recorded them on. But Castles of Burgundy, a lot of fun. After playing this game, I believe I had played this game 
towards the beginning of 2017, and I pretty much added it to my collection almost immediately. This was a game that once I played it, I go, this is great. I've wanted to teach it to my wife. We haven't had a chance to sit down and actually play through this one. We've been playing through some other stuff recently, but this is one that I definitely want to get to the table with her and teach her this one because I have a feeling she will have a great time with the Castles of Burgundy. After that, we're going to jump over to Arcadia Quest. We're going to talk about the original one here that was released in 2014. Last year, I had talked about on the podcast, dungeon crawlers and these types of games were something I was really interested in in looking into. I had been researching quite a few of these over time, and I had talked about this on the podcast before. I looked at Descent. I was looking at all of the different ones that were available. One of the reasons why... I think I gravitated so much towards Arcadia Quest was mainly because of the take that and being able to attack opposing players. My wife and I used to be huge fans of Mage Knight Dungeons, and this was probably one of the games that probably depicts that game as close as we could probably get because, you know, you start off with groups of um, of a team of characters and you're going to be working your way through the dungeon. While you're in the dungeon, you can attack each other. Now, the goals are different in Arcadia Quest than they were in Mage Knight Dungeons, but it still has a little bit of a feel. And my wife and I have been talking a lot about Mage Knight Dungeons lately, and I have a feeling we're going to have to dust that game off and probably play through it a couple of times, and maybe we'll even do a stream of that one. I think that would be kind of cool because it is an older game. A lot of people may not be familiar with it, but Arcadia Quest we had a really good time with. I added it to my collection. I had actually looked at uh, Inferno. But I think I was just right after right after I decided to kind of choose Arcadia Quest as my dungeon crawler and game that I wanted to add to my collection, the Inferno uh, pledges had closed and they, the late pledges had closed. So I wasn't able to get in on that. So I have the base game. I purchased pets from my FLGS. Uh, we have, actually haven't had a chance to play through pets, but we have played through a four-player scenario, a whole four-player campaign of the game. And we both really enjoyed it. And this is one that... We want to get to the table more often, and we just have not had a chance to get this one back to the table yet. But Arcadia Quest, if you're looking for a great dungeon crawler, I will say it's it's really fun, especially when you're doing the campaign and going through that whole, the, all of those scenarios. Arcadia Quest is put out by Simon. Like I said, it was from 2014. That was the original one. All right, let's jump over to Puzzle Strike. Puzzle Strike was put out by Serlin Games. This is, I played the third edition, so we're going to say this one's from 2012. I've also played Shadows, which I do own Shadows currently. I have not picked up third edition because uh, it seems like it's kind of a little harder to find. I wanted to get it during when they were having their Christmas sale, but they were already sold out of it from their website. So I do have Shadows added to my collection, but uh, when my buddy Eric actually brought this down to the store, this was one that completely just intrigued me. I just... I've always liked Bag Builders. Orleans is one of my favorite games of all times. And this just, that whole bag building and deck building mechanic that were just the chips, I think was just a really unique kind of mechanism that were in the game. And it reminded me of some of the older video games where you're puzzle striking and you're kind of throwing chips over to each other. And with the with the smashes, when you're doing the chip smashes, it's something that's really interesting. And I like how that the game just has tons and tons of different chips that can randomly be put together. And every game is going to play different. When you play with different characters, you're going to start off with different abilities when you're playing with these chips. And it, this game is just a hell of a lot of fun. 
Uh, I think I've played one time where we played with more than two people, but normally it's just us. I, I like it best with just two people where you're going one-on-one -on -one against each other and you're just trying to smash each other with the gems. A really interesting game with some very interesting mechanics in it. Like I said, if you like if you like um, deck builders, this is definitely one to look at. It's not cards. It is chips. So it is going to be a little bit different, but it is still just as good. A hell of a lot of fun. Puzzle Strike 3rd Edition from Serlin Games. All right, after that, we're going to run into Dracula in the Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition. So this one was put out in 2015, I think is when um, Board Game Geek has it listed, or listed as the 3rd Edition. I believe, I can't remember if that's when I had picked up the 3rd Edition or not. We did not get this one to the table. And while I've only played this at two-player, and this is one of the... I'm trying to think if I actually have any other one versus many deduction style games like this in my collection right now. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I know Last Friday is one that I've actually been looking at. It's the one where one person's playing like a camp. You know, it's almost like a Friday the 13th style game. And that one really looks interesting interesting to me. I wouldn't mind getting that one in my collection. I don't really play a lot of games or have a lot of games in my collection that require three plus players. This one does play with two, but I think it plays with best with three or more, mainly because when we were playing with two players, I was playing, uh, my one opponent, Jim, was playing Dracula. I was having to play as all of the investigators. And I will say, having to control four people in one game is quite a challenge, I will say. It was an interesting afternoon of playing this one. We had a great time, um, but I think when we played Dracula, it did pull out the win. But uh, Fury of Dracula is one I would like to get to the table a few more times. This was one that was kind of like a grail game, I guess for, you could say for me. I had been looking at some of the earlier versions and really just didn't want to pay the prices that people were charging for Fury of Dracula. So I was completely stoked when Fantasy Flight announced that it was coming back into print. They were doing a third edition. They were cleaning up the rules a little bit. Like I said, one versus many, really great game. The components in this game also, the cards, the board, and everything is just really nice in that third edition. If you're looking for a game similar to this, uh, definitely look at Fury of Dracula from Fantasy Flight Games. All right, and the next one is going to be a little card game called Matainai. This is a game that I actually heard about quite a bit in listening to the Ludology podcast. This game from Mike Fitzgerald, or it's not by Mike Fitzgerald, but he had talked about it quite a bit, I believe, on there. This game was designed by Carl Chuddick, and it was published by Asmati Games. I have to say, this is one that, after playing it and hearing about it so much, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't mind getting my hands on Glory to Rome, since this game is supposed to be similar to that. I believe this game might be a little bit more streamlined than Glory to Rome is. But in this game, you're using the cards to collect resources, and it's it's all card-based. And the first time I played it, it was it took me a couple of turns to actually get a good idea of kind of what was going on, how to start playing with the cards, and how to how to use the cards, because the cards could be utilized in multiple different fashions within the game. In the game, you're going to be drafting, you know, doing some drafting. You have a lot of hand management as well as set collection, um, which you're going to be utilizing for your victory points. It's a small box of cards. I have the deluxe edition is what I added to my collection for this one. And I was really glad that I was able to get this one in my collection, actually get it played. It's a, it's a game that I've only played a couple of times. 
This is another one that I would definitely love to get more plays of. And Matai and I was actually released originally from what they say here on Board Game Geek is in 2015 is when it came out. So it is a little newer, not very old, but one that I was very glad to play and very glad to add to my collection. All right, we're moving along here nice and quickly. Let's jump over to a little war game called Twilight, Twilight Struggle, currently overall number four on Board Game Geek. Wow, I would love to have the deluxe edition for this one in the wood case, but I still have not added this one to my collection. This is a war game where you're playing, each player is playing a USA or Russia. You're just going to try to be taking control of different territories on the board. Uh, I tried to tell my wife this was a little, I don't want to say it's similar to Risk. You know, it, it has a quite a bit different feel from Risk, but it, it, it since it is warlike, that is one of the best ways I can kind of describe the game to her. When we played this game, I was really surprised at how in-depth it was, at how much fun it was. I thought it was pretty much the perfect weight. And Twilight Struggle actually came out in 2005, and having just played it uh, this past year, it's a game that I had instantly added to my wish list on Board Game Geek, and it's definitely one I want to get added to my collection. I have not had a chance to pick this one up yet. You're kind of just going for mostly area control in the game. You do have some dice rolling and a little bit of hand management within the game, but uh, it's it's a game that there are just so many different things that the cards, when you're drawing them, you know, you have to really figure out how you want to play the cards, when you want to play them during the during your turn and during the rounds and figure out if you want to save a card for a particular, you know, to use it earlier in the round or later because you never know when your opponent could possibly try to stop you. So there's just a lot of different things going on in Twilight Struggle, but I could see why this game sat at number one for so long on Boarding Game Geek. I was super stoked to finally get it played. It has actually toppled to number four overall. There have been several games that have just pushed their way past Twilight Struggle. But still, I mean, from 2005 being in the top five at on Board Game Geek, this game is definitely in the right spot, and it definitely deserves a spot in the top five of games overall of all time. That's Twilight Struggle. This one was released in 2005, and it is from GMT Games. Next on the list, we have A Little Hansa Teutonica. This one's from 2009, published by, here it says Argentum Verlag. I can't remember what version of the game I actually played and who, I can't remember if it was the Z-Man version or not. I know the one we played was one of the older original ones uh, because one of my buddies had actually had that in his collection. Um, Hansa Teutonica was definitely a game that one of the things I remember most about it was just all the take that that was going on during the game. It's a definite area control. You're doing some route and network building where you're trying to just build routes between different areas on the board. Then people are going to have to, you know, use those routes for different things. It's a very great strategic game. We had... I'm trying to think if when we played it, we had four or five players. I think we had a full five, and I think it took us quite a while to get through this game. But it was just a game that I think it might have been the only game we might have played that evening down at the game store. And while that does happen sometimes, some of those games that are like that 
are definitely some of my are some of the most memorable and most enjoyable times I have down at my friendly local game store where you just have a group of people around one game for just hours, just strategically trying to plan things out, trying to figure out the best way to do things and then just going for, you know, victory points. And Honda Teutonica is definitely one that uh, if I could find a copy, I would probably get this added to my collection. But I believe this one is uh, very hard to find out of print from what I've been told from several people. So don't know if this one will ever get added to my collection. Maybe if it does have a reprint here at some time, it will. But as of right now, I will just have to enjoy playing other people's copies of this particular game. All right, we only have three games left. And like I said, these are in no particular order. I was just trying to come up with a list of games that, you know, I had played for the first time. One game that I had seen played quite a bit when it had first come out down at my local game store uh, back in 2014 is a little game called Scoville. It was actually released here from TMG Tasty Minstrel Games. And it was a game we finally got to the table. You're basically gardening. You're basically trying to just um, grow peppers. You're trying to grow different peppers and have different color combinations to put peppers together to create different peppers and complete different orders and have the most victory points at the end of the game. I think the grid movement around the board is one of the more interesting parts and mechanisms within this game. And I think that's kind of what made it very interesting because... Whatever you do and the way you're moving around the board with the peppers, it was it's very easy to try to see where your opponents are, how they're going to move, what peppers they're going to be able to possibly, you know, pick up during the round or what they're possibly going to actually, you know, grow to try to grow during the round. So it's it's really interesting to see how movement in this game actually works and how, you know, this grid and the, what starts off to be just, you know, a blank board is just filled up at the end of the game with all these different colored wooden peppers, which is just completely crazy. This is what I definitely want to get to the table again. It's one that I want to try with the expansion. I've heard some really good things about the expansion. So I have not had a chance to play this game with the expansion, only having played it, I think one time, but it was one that I could, I, like I said, I saw it played down at my local game store quite a bit. And it was one that I was always in the middle of another game whenever it was pulled out at another table so I was never, I never had a chance to actually sit down and play it myself. And by the time, you know, I would be done with the game I was playing, that game was already over. Nobody really wanted to play it again. And I just keep seeming to seem, you know, seeming to miss it. So I was really stoked when uh, my buddy Dave, I think, brought his copy down to the game store and we were able to play that one. Like I said, would love to play the expansion for this one. So hopefully maybe this year we will get to do that. But Scoville is a great game. 2014 is when that one was released. So check that one out as well. All right. One of the other times when I went down to my local game store, we actually did a stream out to their Facebook page. I think it was on Memorial Labor Day, one of those types of days. It's a game that was published by GMT. It's one that is hopefully going to be reprinted in 2018 because after playing it the first time, I was like, I don't care if this game plays best with three or more people. It will play with two. I think it does play best with more people, though. It was released in 2010. It is actually within the top 50 on BoardGameGeek in that it is ranked 47 overall. It was designed by Chad Jensen, and this is Dominant Species. Wow. We played this one down there, and this one took hours upon hours upon hours to play. 
but damn, was this a great game. I I think it was one of the first games we played that day down there, and well, this one probably consumed most of my brain cells that I had for the day set aside for gaming. It was definitely a game that I wouldn't mind playing a lot more often than, you know, having only played it the one time. Dominant Species was just so, so different than a lot of the other things I've done with the area control, with so much of the drafting, the way the board is is kind of set out, and, you know, it's going to be different every time, and just... The way the way you just expand for everybody just builds out from the center of the board when you're when you're just playing um you know on your round and flipping over the different tiles it's it just grows and evolves into something that you really couldn't imagine how things would end up at the end of the game as opposed to where you began. Each player also playing as a different type of species or you know in the game and having different abilities. Uh, the one guy I think that had won. I think they were the spiders, I think, or something like that. I can't remember what they, what, what I think, I think it was uh, one of my buddies, Tony was actually playing that. And it was just completely crazy uh, towards the end of the game. But it was the first time I had played it. Definitely a brain burner. It's definitely on the heavier side. So if you're looking for something with a little more weight to it, you know, the weight on board game geek for this one is over four. It's 4.03. And I would definitely say that it is spot on. It's also a game that the time limit on Board Game Geek says two to four hours. I would say that's pretty much spot on too, because uh, I think ours took us three plus hours, possibly close to four, uh, to play our full game that we had. I think we had five people playing. I don't think we had six. I think we had five, but um, still, definitely a brain burner of a game, but one that when it comes back out in print immediately, since I'm having trouble finding it down at my local game store, I will be pre-ordering this one and adding it to my collection. I thought it was just excellent. Hopefully, my wife will actually not kill me for pulling it out one day once it's in our collection and us trying to give it a go. Because while she does like heavy games, um, especially with some of the games we've recently played, uh, this one she may actually just hit me for because I have a sure, I have a feeling this one will give her a headache. All right, and then one of the last games, and I thought so, Stefan Feld made it onto the list one more time. This was published, a game published by 999 Games Cranio Creations. I can't remember who actually published it from the game we had played. Um, I believe my buddy Eric brought this one down, The Oracle of Delphi. This one was released in 2016. He had recently just picked this game up. And this is another one that I added to my wish list immediately after playing. He said this was a very interesting racing game, and... Well, when I say racing, you may think of a track or something. Do not think that. This is a game where you're actually racing to try to complete different missions and different ability or not abilities, but different actions or, you know, different missions that everybody has. And everybody pretty much has the same ones. But um, you're going to be trying to do possibly there's going to be trying to do different colors on the board is what you're going to be completing. It does have dice in the game. And for having dice and dice rolling in it, I still love the game. This was a game that I was definitely different than a lot of the other Stefan Feld games that I played before. When I sat down and started playing this one, I was like, OK, I kind of see where this game's going and, you know, was really just started getting into it. And I was just like, wow, this is just really, really interesting of a game. And. I was just very impressed with all the different things that you can do, all the different things you had to accomplish, and how you were just trying to beat your opponents at trying to be the one to accomplish all of those tasks first. That's where the racing part comes in for this one. This one is 
it's I would say it's probably a more it's it's a light lighter medium probably medium weight game is what um, it kind of says here on Board Game Geek and I would probably agree with that one. It's not too too light, but it is it is a nice medium weight game. Definitely not too difficult to play. May take you a kind of a couple of rounds just to get a feel for moving your uh, character around, how you're supposed to be completing these tasks. But kind of once you get a feel for that, and once you see how everything starts working together, you can really start planning and really start knocking out multiple tasks at one time by preparing your ship and making sure you have the right components and the right different resources. Um, pick them up as you're going throughout the board and have a nice plan. Now, of course, your opponents can go around. Somebody can take something, a resource before you. They can possibly beat a monster that you may want, that you may be needed to kill. Uh, so, you know, things can always, you know, change up based on, you know, what everybody else is doing. But I really like the way the dice worked. The dice almost had a nice little Rondell mechanism, I thought, to it, which I thought was really kind of interesting. So Stefan Feld actually made my list twice this past year for games that I really enjoyed. And I have to say, he's a great designer. One game I have of his, Oracle of Delphi, I want to get into my collection, so really can't wait to get that one into the collection and possibly played again. But other than that, I think that's a list of 10 games that were new to me in 2017 that I really enjoyed um, that weren't released in 2017 as well. So hopefully if you're looking for some older style games, maybe you're looking for something that um, isn't really just the latest and greatest that has come out. Maybe you have some people that have some older games in your collection that come down to your local game store and are looking to play some of these things. And maybe these are some of the games you may want to look at some of your friends and say, Hey, if you have some of these games, bring them down to the game store, you know, bring them down to your game night, whatever, try to get some of these games to the table. And you'll see that some of these older games actually hold up quite well and can be nice instant classics. So that is going to be it for this show. We're not going to do a what I want to play now. I kind of just wanted to go over these 10 games that were 10 games that really I thought stood out to me from the past year that were new to me and that I think other people should try to. If you can't find the game, at least maybe find a friend who has them to actually get a playthrough of it so you can see what some of these older games are like. All right, that's going to be it as always. Let me know. Hey, if you play any of these games, let me know. Send me an email. Send the email to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, follow us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. I'm always tweeting out pictures and putting pictures and little comments of some of the games that we're currently playing during our game nights. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. On Twitch, you can subscribe to us, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. Other than that, everybody, go play some games. Have a great week. And don't forget to let me know what you're playing now. Until I'm back next week with some more great games played, everybody have a great week, and I will talk to you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.